day, fellow travellers. This is Paul Daniels, Chairman of Involved Investors and my 14th podcast. And today we're going to talk about a very simple word which gets right down to the essence of business. And it's a word which is complicated in the sense that it has two major meanings. And the second, which is the more important one to discuss, is in fact either good or bad. It falls into two distinct categories. So if you understand the real meaning of this word, in my view, you will understand the real essence of free enterprise, of capitalism, private ownership, competition. Free enterprise capitalism is not perfect, but it is the best system we've got, in my view. In its best form, it creates better products, loads of innovation and evolution. It decentralizes state power. It creates massive economic growth and prosperity to the great benefit of society. And in its worst form, it concentrates power in a few hands. It can be used to exploit workers and it prioritizes profit over social and environmental good. And these decisions between the best form and the worst form are decisions you will have to make in your everyday life in business. And it's one of the reasons by being in business is a difficult moral dilemma very frequently. I'll explain that later. The word leverage, which is the word we're talking about, has two meanings. Firstly, it has a financial meaning. And I'm going to deal with that very simply and gloss over it to some extent because it's not really what I want to talk about today. But it is the use of a financial lever and hence its word. It describes the amount a company borrows in relation to its value. So let's give a very simple example of a person or a company buying a house. For the first example, they buy a house for £100,000 of their own money. And a few years later, they sell it for £200,000. And they have doubled their money. Quite simple. In the second example, they buy a house for £100,000, but they borrow £90,000 on mortgage. And a few years later, they sell it for £200,000. They pay off the mortgage and they've made nine times the £10,000 they initially invested. Less, of course, the cost of the mortgage. So in effect, if everything had gone well, they could have bought 10 houses at the beginning and made a million pounds on the same basis. But of course, risk raises its ugly head all over business. And here the risk is, and it's a risk this government is taking at this very moment, the risk is that interest rates will increase. The risk is that you won't be able to sell the house or the houses when you want to that the market will have deteriorated, that you'll have to take a loss. And then you are extremely exposed. So it's a balance of decision as to whether you take leverage, debt, 
or not. That's the first meaning of the word and the one which is applied financially. The second meaning is very different, but again is the use of a lever. It is the sum total of the advantages you hold in a market or a negotiation against those which others hold. What advantages does your company have over the competition? And these advantages can take two forms. One positive, fair, benign, desirable. It's called competitive advantage in business school speak. And these are things like IP development, creating a moat around your business so that it can't be copied very easily. Difficult, but very valuable if you can. Again, in business school speak, that's called a barrier to entry. Another advantage would be a great brand with loyal following, enlightened new product development coming through all the time, new wonderful inventions and, and ideas, the best-in-class quality in your field, good value for money, great service, world-class management, tight cost control, and a happy, winning culture. These are all things which give you competitive advantage or leverage over the market and over competitors. And they're all thoroughly deserved and they push society forward all over the world, in every industry, in every trade. These are sought after qualities. But there's a dark side, a malevolent, amoral, oppressive, threatening side to leverage. And that is exploitation of the workforce, slave labour if you like, damage to the environment, not caring what you do to the planet to maximise your profitability, not caring who you employ and how bad their conditions are and their pay, not caring how many trees you knock down, how much carbon you thrust out into the atmosphere, not caring we're not here very long, so what? Let's make the money. That's immoral, and at the very worst, it can be illegal. Short-termist, excessively materialistic. It can even give the big companies the power to corrupt and influence democratic government, and particularly authoritarian government. And believe me, we live in one of the best countries in the world in terms of lack of corruption. Okay, there's a class system in this country which has a sort of cliquey, snobbish attitude, but it is nothing. Believe me, I've travelled the world in my lifetime. It is nothing compared to the corruption around the world. Nothing. Some companies are so large that it's almost inconceivable. Apple is bigger than the economies of Australia or Spain. And it is 14th in the hierarchy of national economies. If Facebook were a country, its population would be bigger than China. Extraordinary. These companies have massive power. I'm not saying power to corrupt. I'm not saying to be used illegally. But I'm just saying that they have power. And massive power has been seen in the history of the world and of humanity to corrupt. Absolute power corrupts. 
The best form of management in business is benevolent autocracy. Because democracy is very difficult to operate in business, funnily enough, because by the time you've listened to everybody's views, the decision-making timing has passed. Democracy is difficult. Benevolent autocracy would be great, where a benevolent dictator or autocrat listens to all the views around the room, carefully wise them up, makes a decision and gets on with it. But of course, the word benevolent is one which absolute power corrupts. And that's the huge dilemma. There have been very few regimes that have been very successful that have not in the end been corrupted. Read a little book by E.H. Gombrich called A Little History of the World. It's amazing. It's very short, but it shows the evolution of world culture and society. And because it's small, you get a perspective which is very clear. Great book. So let's bring all this down to our level. We're in a negotiation for a big contract against very serious competition. We have a good product, it's reasonably priced, and we run our business legally and ethically, taking our social and our sustainability obligations very seriously. We're up against competitors who, in some cases we know, bribe the customers. They exploit their workforces. They take no responsibility for the environment or pollution. They pay little tax by moving their assets around the world and negotiating very hard with governments to give them privileges. They have very strong connections at high level and massive lobbying campaigns. So what do we do? If we can't beat them, do we join them? I hope not. Do we expose them? It's very brave, extremely dangerous. Or do we walk away and rely on well-meaning, benign, democratic, political and public opinion to prevail? I'm not going to give you the answers to that. I don't know what you think. And I do know that some of the biggest companies do join them. And some very big British companies do join them, particularly in those countries where, let's say, the regimes need to be looked after very personally and privately in order to gain massive orders, which we need as an economy. There is compromise in this area, I'm afraid to say. I don't know what you think, but I know that I would have been a far wealthier man had I adopted a policy of power at any cost. I preferred to sleep well at night, and believe me, I do, and to end my career without a conscience. I hope you choose to do the same, and although the world is full of corruption, at least you have growing public pressure now for a new basis of well-meaning issues, and the politicians are coming on side, both because they want to do good, and in the main, I do believe that politicians want to do good and are force for good, and also because they want your votes, of course. Your generation can make business a force for good on this wonderful planet. And I actually believe in you. I believe that you will. I have great faith. Thanks for listening. Until next time, goodbye. Thank you.